Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this week we are welcoming on the whimsical woman, Jennifer Mavis. And she's going to be on. We're going to talk all things long distance hiking. Um, we're both going to nerd out about uh, through hiking and specifically the Pacific Crest Trail uh, because Jennifer is currently training and preparing for her own epic quest which will start next spring uh on the pacific crest trail and and yeah so she wanted to share a little bit about that i wanted to hear about it because i think since ever since i read a walk in the woods by des moines iowa's own bill bryson um I've always kind of been fascinated about the idea of just waking up in the morning and hiking until you go to bed, falling asleep, waking up in the morning, hiking until you go to bed, (laughs) falling asleep, and doing that for months and months and months. That's always just captured my imagination and it makes me, you know, think about if I would have the audacity and the resilience to actually do that because that's a quest man that's a journey that's an adventure uh an adventure of a lifetime and i know that's a phrase maybe that is overused some but a a through hike for sure is the adventure of a lifetime as you hike basically from the canadian border to the mexico border or vice versa (laughs) which i think jennifer's going south south to north so she's gonna be northbound but uh but yeah, so that's, it's just something that I'm not sure if I've ever want to do or ever will do, but I love hearing about it. It's kind of the same way I think about Everest where I don't think I'm ever going to get that experience, but I love being put in the shoes of people who are just warrior enough <laughs> to take that on. So so yeah, super excited to chat with her today. Um, we had a really funny, uh, entertaining, awesome conversation. She's so nice, smart. Um, you know, a- after the podcast, she told me that as we were recording, her dog barfed on the carpet and then ate it. And I was like, "Wow, you were so stealthy!" Because it was on Skype. Like I didn't even see the dog do that. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, so yeah. So uh, maybe you can pick out the moment that happens because I sure can't. I think she's like a podcasting ninja in that sense. Um, very stealthy. So, so yeah. Uh, if you want to read more, and her blog's really funny and entertaining, and you know she talks about some adventures she has, and they they definitely put you on the edge of your seat and capture your, capture your imagination. So you can check that out at thewhimsicalwoman.com. And you can find her on Facebook. You can find her on Instagram. Also at The Whimsical Woman. And yeah, her pictures are awesome. I mean, she's hiking every every week, it seems like, uh, in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. She's based out of Seattle. And I know leading up to her trip, which is going to start in sometime this spring. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when, but she's going to be posting about her preparation and and the ups and downs and all the hilarity and awesomeness that goes into preparing for Pacific Crest Trail. And hopefully I was, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we get to connect with her again during her hike, because I'd love to hear, you know, what obstacles she had to overcome and, you know, just some of her experiences from the trail, I think would be super cool. So hopefully we can use her as our kind of like Pacific Crest Trail out in the field reporter. (laughs) That'd be super cool. So yeah, guys, uh, hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you want to check out all of our previous episodes, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, just by typing in like a Bigfoot. (laughs) Um, we're also on social media under like a Bigfoot. So check it out there. Um, yeah, go back. There's one podcast I wanted to recommend if you really like Jennifer's story, because this one is also about through hiking. And um, as I'm talking, I'm stalling while I look it up. Oh, it's number 27 with Sean Forey. And he talks about his, the, the, not his, the first ever winter through hike of the PCT, of the Pacific Crest Trail. And it's freaking cool. It's really awesome. So 
you know, if Jennifer has some of the adventures Sean has, she's in for, for quite the treat. So yeah, uh, enjoy the podcast and hopefully it inspires you guys to, you know, set some of your own audacious goals. So this week on the podcast, I have Jennifer Mavis. Um, she writes for a blog, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's whimsicalwoman.com. Yeah. yeah, thewhimsicalwoman.com. Thewhimsicalwoman.com. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. And she's uh, based out of Seattle. She's big into backpacking, and um, she's going to spend the next few months writing about preparing to hike the whole Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah. So, so yeah, so welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so I kind of want to start. I always talk about Colorado like to an annoying okay. amount, probably because I just moved here, and everybody who just moved here has to talk about it like all Colorado's the time. Colorado's awesome, so I get it. Okay, but I want you to sell us on Seattle or like Washington or Pacific Northwest. Okay, so I'm originally from Reno, Nevada, and. Um, I live right at the base of Lake Tahoe, so very beautiful, right? That's awesome. I, have you ever been? I haven't. My wife just requested, though, that that's our next va- like big vacation. So Yes. Smart woman. It is, it is beautiful. <laughs> but um, I grew up there, so I was surrounded by that beauty, and then I moved to Hawaii, and I lived in Hawaii for a few years, so obviously that's beautiful, um, mountains, oceans, all of that. But the Pacific Northwest has been my favorite. Uh, mainly, Seattle's one of the best cities uh, because I feel like you get like almost everything. So you have like the city life, incredible food, um, just a lot of different cultures here. But then you are basically surrounded by two different mountain ranges. You have the Cascades on the east of Seattle, and then you have the Olympics on the west of Seattle. So my life is filled with like the city in the week. And then I usually run off into the mountains during uh, the weekend and it's just an incredible balance. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. okay. So compare for all of us, I, I went to Seattle for like two days. So, and okay. we didn't get a chance to explore in either of those mountain ranges. Yeah. We kind of went to like Mount Rainier and stuff, but no, what's uh, <laughs> what's kind of the difference feel between the Cascades and the Olympic uh, mountain ranges? Well, um, it's hard to explain. Okay, um, they're both obviously different, but the Olympics have uh, two, like, rainforests. So, I mean, that's where you'll get a lot of um, shots from, like, the Twilight movies, (laughs) vampires. I mean, it's that that kind of, like, rainforesty feel. Um, And they do have some really high peaks, but the Cascades are more known for their higher elevations and their vast... Um, ranges and peaks and so it's one of those um, areas that you'll hike to the top of like a mountain and you'll just see peak on peak on peak just in the distance and it's just one of those things that takes your breath away that's awesome which which one do you prefer do you have a preference or is it like you know saying which one's your favorite kid and you're like no I yeah, like them both yeah. equally <laughs> <laughs> right um I, since I live in downtown Seattle, I'm closer to the Cascades because okay. they're, right, they're right here. So I usually spend most of my time there. Yeah. Um, and when you get to the top of some peak, it literally takes your breath away. But, um, like last weekend, I went to the Olympics. Uh, it's just nice to get that different feel. Um, you're still climbing and, and you're, you're getting all that good workout in, but it, yeah. I was in this beautiful rainforest, like this moss hanging over the trees and it's just like bright green. And you just like, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to choose. I'm like, this is my favorite. Yeah. And then next weekend I'll go somewhere else. I'm like, no, this is my favorite. <laughs> and then it keeps happening. So I, I give up. Yeah. You're kind of just like, wherever I am is my favorite. Yeah, like, exactly. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Well, how did you get started into backpacking? Like, what's the, what's the, what's your story for that? Um, let's see. Well, I've always been big into hiking. So being in um, Lake Tahoe and um, Hawaii, like I said, um, lots of hiking to do there and all of that. But there's there's this culture here in Washington um, that's really big in outdoors, into rock climbing and hiking. And so I was able to really start doing this by joining groups, okay. um, like hiking groups or 
you know, it's a good way to meet people. So I'm a part of co-ed ones, uh, solely women hiking groups, and you just meet people that way. And I think that's how it's really started. Um, because I didn't want to go backpacking alone my first time. So yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. That would but be, you- yeah, that would be in- very intimidating. I mean, it's kind of intimidating to go backpacking just by your, I mean, just in general, cause you're camping out in the middle of the woods and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it was really great for me to be connected to groups like that. Um, and the more you do something, the more confident you get. Right. And so I just started to love it. And the more I learned about, um, you know, how to, you know, use like a stove or like, you know, things about first aid and like yeah. even a compass, you, you build that confidence and then, um, I can't, yeah, I can't stop. So, yeah, that's awesome. Were you always kind of like outgoing? Cause I know we've done a couple moves and it's hard to, you know, form that friend group, you know, or find people with common interests. And it's, it's a little bit intimidating too, to find a, a group, like a hiking group. Like, have you always been outgoing or is was that kind of like, cause I'm thinking about people who are listening out there. It was like, that sounds good, but I'm like way too shy or something. Um, I do feel like I am outgoing. I was a cheerleader. <laughs> I cheered in college and all that. So, um, but I, I have, it still is intimidating to meet strangers, especially if you don't feel like you're good at something and you feel like you're going to go into a group where they all know what they're doing. And yeah. it is intimidating because you don't want to be the slowest or I think we all have those insecurities, but, um, basically every single time I've met new people, everyone's been so incredible. There's not a lot of ego in these places. And so it's been great for people who are shy, um, are intimidated to be able to join these groups and, uh, people are so awesome that they'll help them. And, you know, usually we have events planned for all kinds of, uh, skill level. So we try to make things not, um, we we try to, we try to like, uh, coordinate, you know, depending who's going on the trip. I'm a, cause I'm an ambassador for one of these hiking groups now oh, cool. so thank you because yeah, I help plan these events now. Yeah. In, uh, in teaching, I'm a teacher, so it's called differentiation okay. where you like, you know, okay. you're putting people at their different levels of where they're yeah. comfortable, which is awesome and great. And it's just funny cause you do kind of have these certain perceptions of, of, what something's going to feel like where you, when you're a newbie, you're like, Oh man, everyone's going to make fun of me or, or something like that. Like your brain's telling you that, but obviously the situation's 99% of the time not going to be that way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What's your hiking group? Um, so I'm an ambassador for mountain chicks. Okay. Um, on Instagram, you find them spelled M T N. Okay. M T N chicks, C H I C K S. And, um, yeah, right now it's a group of like over 40,000 uh, people That's and awesome. yeah, and so uh, it's just, it's not just for women, uh, but it's encouraging outdoor activities through women. So everybody's men, dogs, women, and all are invited, but yeah. 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 So it's kind of, I mean, you know, and when you talked about not wanting to like go backpacking alone and all that, like that has to be intimidating. Um, and it's just good to see that people are promoting women getting in the outdoors i mean i have two daughters and that's like a huge goal of mine in the future is just introducing them to all these fun amazing things you can do uh Mm -hmm. if you're just willing to you know kind of step outside your comfort zone there so yeah yeah i think that's really important um i think it's completely different now i think there's so many groups that a lot of women it's it's normal to see women involved in these um like rock climbing or backpacking or hiking alone. Yeah. Whereas before that was like a, like, you know, you know, you can't do that alone. Or yeah. now I think we're getting past that point where, yeah, it it's not even a big deal anymore that's to awesome. see. Like that. yeah, yeah, that's great. So when can you kind of like give us like your experience your first time? when you're going to like actually backpack, which the difference, if you don't know, is like hiking, you go out for the day and then you go back to your car and you go home and sleep in your nice cozy bed. Yeah. But backpacking is when you're, you go for a hike and then you stay out there for the, at least one night. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So can you gotten to give us your first, your first time doing that? Yeah. Um, 
the first time I was with um, just another friend and um, yeah, it was just kind of weird because I didn't have the right gear. So <laughs> it was actually really uncomfortable because it's a big, makes a big difference. Um, if your pack fits, you know, that's the main thing because you're carrying what you're sleeping on, what you're sleeping in, your food, water. And so how you distribute that weight is very important. It could really make your trip miserable or, you know, pretty decent. So my pack didn't fit right and it was like rubbing on my hips and I was getting sores from like it rubbing raw and it was just really exhausting. And um, yeah, but it's also nerve wracking. You yeah. know, you're like, what if you forgot something? Like you're stuck up in the mountain, you know, you have to make do. But I, I had a pretty good experience overall. I mean, it was only one night. That was yeah. my time. So aside from the pack being horrible, I mean, you can't beat being up in the mountains and watching the sunset. And you're like the only person in that right. There's no one else around. So it's just you watching the sunset and you're just cooking food and sleeping under the stars. Yeah. Uh, it just immediately addicted me so and then you wake up and um well this particular place woke up just the most beautiful sunrise and then there's mountain goats like no walking yeah and you're just sitting there and you're like i it, it's just one of those experiences you have to be present to understand what it feels like but it's it's like i, I want to do this every weekend yeah. you know you're just thinking i'd do this every day if i could yeah um so well, then after that i went and got all started to get all my own gear and um, having the right gear changes your experience for sure. But yeah. yeah. So what's some common like gear mistakes for rookies? Uh, you know, you said the backpack being too big, which is right. funny because you that's something you wouldn't notice until you're eight miles into the hike. And then you're like, oh, like that's starting to hurt <laughs> or something. Uh, so the pack, I think, is one of the biggest uh, deals um, because obviously you need to have it fit your frame. So you can get different size packs, but then there's like extra small, small, medium, large, because we all have different torsos, you know? And so you really need to make sure, find something that, that really fits your body uh, because you want to carry your weight of the pack, like down more, like on your hips. Yeah. So you want to pack heaviest stuff at, as low as possible because you don't want it bearing on your shoulders and your back. And so a lot of people will pack their, like pack their backpack incorrectly and it, it is painful. Um, so I think that's, that's something, that's one of the biggest um, deals. And I know a lot of people will backpack with non-backpacking gear. So it's heavier, like um, camping sleeping bags may weigh an extra pound or two yeah. in a backpacking sleeping bag, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you keep you know, taking that one pound or those several ounces that adds up. And, um, so if people want to actually backpack and get into it. I would recommend like investing in as ultralight gear as possible. Okay. It's expensive. So you want to do it over time. Yeah. But I think that's the biggest mistake is most of the gear you'll find if you go to REI or some shop, it's going to be good. I mean, it's going to be good gear. It's just, you have to carry that up a mountain. So you need to, <laughs> You know, you need to figure out if you want to be able to carry that or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's like, uh, is there like a certain store? I mean, you, you said REI, but is there a better one or like a better online something or another? Uh, so I love REI. I'm a big <laughs> uh, REI proponent. Um, just because REI lets you, if you're a member, you can return anything up to a year. Yeah. Um, so after you purchase it, which is really important because like even with some hiking boots I used for like two months before I realized these are actually not good for my feet because my toenails fell off, but I didn't, that would be a good sign. That, I mean, that would be right. like an obvious sign, <laughs> right. but I didn't, they felt great for the first like few weeks yeah. I wore yeah. them. And so that's why I like REI because they're so great with, with that. Um, and they have so much stuff and they know what they're doing, oh. but yeah, there's, um, there's like a, I don't know what you guys have in Colorado, but you have a giant REI. Like it's, I okay. mean, I'm sure it's the same in Seattle, but it's right. almost ridiculous how big the REI is oh, where yeah. it's a workout just to walk around the store. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have the flagship one up here in Seattle. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, yeah. 
That's cool. So, yeah, what I mean, is there any other common mistakes like that you don't learn until you actually go out and do it? I mean, maybe not equipment wise, but just like in general. Yeah, but that happens. I think that'll forever happen. Um, like even a few weeks ago, I took a, some friends out backpacking and one of the women it was her first time and we wound up in the ER that night um, from dehydration. Oh, so, no. I mean, and I've been doing this and she is an adult, like, but she didn't realize that she wasn't drinking enough water. And yeah. so that's a mistake right there. But, you know, you don't think anything of it. It wasn't super hot. I don't know. It's just those things happen. Um, you know, people have not brought enough water or, I mean, you bring a water filter, you should, but sometimes people don't look at when they're, where the water sources are at. So they run out of water. And so, um, just the, those little kinds of things. Yeah. How do you handle the water issue? Cause I drink a massive amount. So if I was going backpacking, that would be a huge concern of mine. Yes. Um, so before I go anywhere, whether it's a hike or a backpacking trip, I always research like where, if there's water sources and if there's not, I pack a ton of water okay. and you just carry it. Yeah. Um, you just got to like but, step up to the challenge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to go, like I just did, um, South sister is a, is a mountain in Oregon and it's like, um, sits at over 10,000 feet, but it's like over a 5,000 foot climb, 13 miles, but there's not much water. So you have to carry liters and liters of water. Yeah. Like, and, um, it gets heavy, but you need to know that before you start. So you don't run out cause it's all exposed. So it's hot, et cetera. But there's other places where there's so many streams. Yeah. Well, depending on where you're at, like in yeah. the Cascades and Olympics, there's so many streams that you can carry one liter of water and then have your water filter yeah. and then um, just fill up. I just try to fill up at like a stream every few miles nice. if needed. What's, uh, yeah. what's your water filter of choice? Um, I use uh, the Sawyer um, squeeze bottles. Okay. Oh, I mean, there's so many different kinds, but these are nice because um, the filter you can screw on top of like a smart water bottle. Okay. So have you, you know, the long smart yeah. water bottle? Yeah. So a lot of through hikers use that because they can just pour the water, it, you know, cup the water into the smart water bottle, screw the filter on the top because it fits, and then you can drink right out of it. Really? Yes. That's and so, awesome. Right. Um, but there's other filters that some people think are better or, you That know. one sounds way, like, I'm from my point, because I used the Life Straw because we had to buy it for oh, a... Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. It is good. It is definitely good. So I had to buy it for a race because um, we're going to be, like, out away from the people and stuff in the middle of the mountains in North Carolina. And um, I just remember, like, taking it on runs for to test it out, and I just felt like it was kind of a pain in the butt to drink out of. Yeah, it could be mm -hmm, yeah. for that. <laughs> Where that sounds super easy. So I'm like, well, the easier it sounds, the more I will actually drink water, which is a good thing. Yeah. So Because um, the Sawyer squeeze water has like a little, um, what is it? Like like a regular water bottle on one end of it that you can screw on so you can just drink straight out of it. Yeah. But it's filtering, yeah, straight from the bottle. So That's there's, it's really easy, but. Yeah. Well, but, so, so you're going to test your skills. Hiking oh, the yeah. Pacific Crest. I was like, oh, yeah, we got to get to there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when's, when, uh, so next, like, spring, is that when you're starting? Yeah, April. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what yeah. brought along that goal? I mean, you just um, were so hooked to it. You're like, I'm going to do the ultimate thing you can do with backpacking. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't even know when I decided I was going to do it, which is so weird <laughs> to me because it's kind of a big deal. But I think, you know, as Especially as we grow older, there's always these things in the back of our mind that we're like, oh, I wish I could do this or this, but we just never think we can uh, for whatever reason. And this was one of them. But I think I just one day was like, well, why, like, why can't I do this? I mean, I don't understand why I couldn't. I mean, I'm not married and I don't have children, so it's different, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was just like, okay, who cares about where I live? I mean... I love my place. I rent a condo in downtown Seattle, but it's like, okay, that can go 
my job, I like my job a lot, but it's, it's still like, if they won't approve me going, like, I guess I'm going to quit. You know, I mean, I was just like, you know, everything will figure itself out. If I want to do something like this, I should just go for it. So I don't know. I just decided. And then I talked to my boss a little bit and to get a feel and he was actually on board with it. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing it. So how much, how much time do you have off then? Six months. Six months. Okay. So is that about, that's about average to hike it or, or what, what are you expecting? Like, what are you shooting for with it? Well, I think most people try to hike in about five months Okay. because, um, it, part of the experience is like meeting people and just like hanging out and people take, they call them zeros, meaning yes. they don't hike for a whole day or two. Um, and so you, you go into all these cool little towns across, you know, California, Oregon, and Washington that people like to hang out in you meet people. So you're not rushing through it. And so about five months is what people tend to do, assuming you're going to be putting in some big miles, but also taking some days off yeah. and just eating people and everything. So I asked for six months so I can have a buffer in the beginning and then a buffer at the end. That's awesome. Are you like, I mean, do you have a, a hiking partner you're going with or are you just expecting to meet people? I'm just going to meet people. That's yeah, I'm awesome. going to go alone and... Um, but yeah, but there's going to be people on the trail so yeah. I can hike alone if I want or, you know, meet up with people and do a little bit with others. That so. rocks. So you're starting California, you're going south to north. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that the common way people do that trail? Yeah. So they call it like Novo. So northbound. Yes. That's yes. like the technology. Um, most people do it that way. I'm not really sure why. I don't know why it started, you know, that way. But I think more and more people are trying to go southbound. Okay. But uh, especially for my first time doing it, I'm going to meet more people doing it northbound. And um, there's more familiarity with it and yeah. more advi- uh, advice um, on that. So, yeah, we'll see. Because the southbound people don't start till like, July. Oh, really? Yeah, because you have to figure out mm, weather. That makes sense. And like the amount of snow when you get to the really high mountains. Yes. Yeah. So it's the, the schedule's a bit shifted depending where you're starting. But um, yeah, I'm going to try to do it northbound. So that's awesome. How are you like, how are you preparing? I mean, you know, obviously every time you go and do uh, overnight backpack, that's like a minor preparation, right? Because right. you, you're working <laughs> out your gear, you're working out like what could go wrong and how you're going to handle that, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, um, that's a big thing. I mean, you want to be familiar with your gear, just making things easy. But um, physically, I mean, I don't know, obviously, because I haven't done it. Physically, I find it hard to be able to prepare for it. I mean, you want to be in shape um, as best as possible, but your body can't really, like it, it doesn't know how to prepare for walking 30 plus miles a day for five months straight. Yeah. You know? And so, um, you're going to get a ton of blisters and joint pain and you may have to ice your muscles, you know, that that's going to happen. Hopefully the injury is not worse, but the main preparation is going to be, I think mentally, that's what I've heard more than any other advice. And I'm actually reading like books on it on just how to mentally prepare for those times when you're miserable (laughs) and you're like why am I doing this yeah have you read the book um Appalachian Trials no but no but here let me grab it oh you have it it, but he wrote one for Pacific Crest Trials oh no way cool he's actually hiking the Pacific Crest right now actually um oh he is I'll have to oh you know what I'm I think I follow him do you follow do you follow his buddy hiking it who is like literally a human cartoon character Okay, I don't know. I'll have to go off the look. His name's The Real Hiking Viking, and I started... Oh, okay, I do follow him. Yeah. That's he's, weird. Okay. He's hilarious. He's easily, like, the best person on Instagram to follow. Like, his okay. videos are so funny. So both those guys are hiking it together. But I, no, I don't know I, if they're... If they're not doing... They're doing southbound, I think. But they're also, like, is seemingly not, like, taking their time. They're just, like doing like 30, 40 miles, mile days and, and yeah. all the craziness this year with like the wildfires and yeah. 
Yeah, like how do you prepare for that? Because there's been sections of the trail they haven't been able to hike because of the wildfire. Like, would you be really disappointed by that or would you just kind of like roll with the punches? Um, well, I know that like with the wildfires and then the amount of snowfall in the high Sierra this year, um, a lot of people have skipped a lot of sections, but of course you'd be disappointed, but I, I feel like I would still do the alternate routes. So the PCT sets up alternate routes, um, like to go around the fires. Um, Oh, that's cool. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. As far as I know, at least in a lot of the sections, they for sure can do that. Yeah. I don't know if it's possible everywhere, but a lot of times it means you're putting on more miles because the route is now a bit longer. And I know some people skip it, but I would probably not. I want to hike every single mile of yeah. the trails possible. That's so. why it would be so hard if you're forced to get off or I don't know, right. do some people just like wait it out where it's like, hey, I don't know, this fire might go out in a few like a week or so. I don't know about fires and I'm, I'm not completely sure about that, but I think with the snow, I think if some people leave earlier in April, let's say, and yeah. then the snow was kind of bad, I think some people hang out in some cities before, try to hear what other people are saying about the mountain and then maybe try to see if it can melt a bit or I don't know, yeah. just figure out a game plan. But sometimes all you can do is really just go through it Yeah. or, or skip it. I know some people skip the high sierra and they then when they got to canada they were gonna fly back down and then and then finish that other portion yeah that they skipped so have you done much like i don't know if it's deep snow but any winter hiking or have you plowed um, through snow or anything um a little bit i've done a little bit of mountaineering but not enough to be like super comfortable with it yeah um and I mean, you know, I've hiked in snow. I've had to use crampons and or micro or, or micro spikes. I've used an ice axe before. Um, snowshoeing, and not not like I'll be doing that. But you know, I, I am familiar with the snow. But I'm going to be taking some courses this winter. Awesome. To better to be better equipped. <laughs> yeah. Are you so. planning this winter to just like a really cold, snowy day? Just head on out and. Try to see if you can like camp out in there. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I like the cold much better than the heat, so okay. I'm actually worried about the desert part. Yeah, in that in that sense, but I don't know. Um, I think the only part of the PCT that I for sure want to be with other people is the High Sierra with the snow. Yeah, so I'd only maybe do that if I was with other people. Yeah, just because you just never know. Yeah, you don't want to get lost or... A storm or... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so some problems we have up here um, where people get hurt is there'll be streams under the snow that start to melt. Ooh. And people walk through. And people have died depending if they're on like a hill or something and they basically fall through. Um, so you just got to really be careful of not post-holing. Yeah. You know, like post holing sucks in general, so right, but make sure hopefully it's not a danger, you know, a dangerous (laughs) post hole. So, yeah, oh man, that sounds crazy. I didn't even think about that the whole stream thing. Uh, what what about the desert like makes you a little bit intimidated? I just really do not like the the heat. (laughs) I mean, so what people do is usually they'll try to wake up super early. And then they'll hike as many miles in in the morning, even though it's hot. And then they'll try to find shade yeah. and then chill out for five or six hours in the day. And then night hike. This is just what most people do in the desert because it's too hot, like a hundred over 100 degrees. No shade. A lot of people have umbrellas. No that way, really? That was interesting for me to find out. Some people, they that's part of their gear is an umbrella for the desert portion. <laughs> Because it's so hot that it's like you can't even yeah. hike, and you're trying to get in like I don't know, twenty-ish whatever miles a day. You can't do that in a hundred degree weather with a full pack on and no water. Yeah, because there's like there's like long stretches of no water. So oh, I think um, the water I'm not too worried about because I feel like I'm pretty good with conserving my water. But it's just the heat and just wanting to die <laughs> from like <laughs> like the blister. That's when a lot of people get their blisters your first starting off 
and you're sweating and chafe, a oh, lot of chafe. Oh, and, no. <laughs> yeah, in all the places. And uh, people have literally had to stop hiking because they can't, you know, because of chafe, which is so crazy. But it but you is can't one walk. of You can't walk with it in oh, certain no. areas. <laughs> yeah, you cannot. I've, yes. And so that's like an actual thing. But chafe. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds horrible. I don't know. And you're starting, so you're not, like, used to it yet. Right. And I think that's a problem. And people usually have to pop all their blisters and duct tape their feet. And so that's where um, I guess this is from what other people who've hiked it say that a lot of people quit in the first couple weeks. Yeah. I could imagine. Screw, you know, you start thinking about the AC. Even in, like, the motel you probably stayed at right before the cheap little $18 room motel, which you were probably really grossed out at at first, seems like a palace to you. Yeah. And yeah. all you want is ice cream and a burger and a beer and a shower and a bed. You know, you know, and that's when you're like, there's a road right down there. I can hitchhike somewhere and I can be done with all of this. Yeah. So I think a lot of people quit during that time. The but little sneaky ideas get in there and you're like, what am I doing? But... So did, did you read Appalachian Trials? I did read Appalachian Trials. I reached out to Zach actually for the podcast, but I didn't realize. Well, first of all, I think he lives like 15 minutes from me in a town. But uh, but I didn't, you know, he's had like super busy and he runs his own business, which is part of, I can't remember what it's called, but something with through hiking. And oh, yeah. I don't know. Does it say on there? I can't remember. But anyways... And he was preparing for this specific crest trail, obviously. So, you know, just craziness. That's so funny that I follow, I'm following him on Instagram, but I didn't realize that it was him. Yeah. I was reading. I just made a YouTube video on it, too. That's hilarious. Yeah, his book was great. I loved it because I'm in, like, I, the sport I've been doing the last four years is ultra running. And a lot of the ideas for through hiking are very similar and through hiking's always kind of fascinated me honestly um i've never done anything even near you know what an appalachian trail or a pacific crest trail would be but the mindset is very similar where it's like hey here's some obstacles you gotta you gotta know going in that you're gonna have adversity like don't expect it to go smooth obviously because yeah. that would be a ridiculous expectation. <laughs> but, but you know, in that way, when everything's going crazy and you're in the desert and, you know, just things are going wrong, you can handle it because you're mentally ready for that. So Right. Exactly. And so I've only read the first couple chapters of this book, but um, I do write a blog. And so I'm going to blog about it. But he recommends, like you probably know, making a list, making three lists, actually. And bringing those with you on the trail. Um, but basically, yeah, it's just to keep your perspective. It's about making a list why you want to through hike the trail. And then um, what kind of person you'll be after you complete the trail. And then what kind of person you'll be if you quit. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I loved that idea. Yeah, me too. And so, you know, sometimes those things seem kind of hokey to me. Yeah. But I was like, there's something to this because he's talking about that, like, it seems so magical, like getting a pack on and just walking across the country and just not working and meeting people. But it's when you're in the desert and you have 12 blisters, it's a hundred plus degrees, you have butt chafe, you have no water, like you've almost stepped on three rattlesnakes, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, well, that's when you need to pull those lists out and remind yourself, okay, how will I feel if I quit, you know? how I feel about myself when I go home and, and I knew I gave up and I think that's really important. So he recommends carrying the list with you on the trail. He did. And he said that he had to read them often whenever he was questioning being there and yeah. it kept him. Going. So, well, and like loneliness, I have to assume kicks in cause yeah. you know, I had a buddy and he's been on the podcast, but last summer he did this big quest where he did a hundred days and he climbed the hundred tallest mountains in the U S and just the loneliness that he, I mean, not, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but 
you know, he talked about the fact that you don't have a social group, really. And that was that's obviously different than Pacific Crest Trail, where you can find some people to hike with. And, you know, I know if you choose to, you could probably hike with them the whole way. Or you can choose to just, you know, go on your own, meet people here and there and kind of jump back and forth between between groups. But but yeah, so that's something that I loved that idea and I forgot about it until you just mentioned it, the yeah. list idea. Because I thought, I, I think I read the book right before my last race and I'm like, I should do that. And then I didn't, but oh, <laughs> I thought God. it was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, you actually, I was reading your blog today and you wrote this really good post um, because you just mentioned like everyone, like if you aren't doing it, you have this perception of the Pacific Crest Trail, like you're free and you're in these beautiful locations and every day is just magical. But like, that's your that's not necessarily always going to be the truth. And so you wrote a blog and I think it was called when backpacking and life goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's about this picture that looks like awe inspiring and you're in front of this amazing mountain range and stuff. But you're like, if you guys knew the real story behind that picture, yeah. like it wouldn't be as, as you know, you wouldn't think this is just like the most perfect thing. And this person has like the most perfect life in the world and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I am. I mean, I'm sure I've been guilty of this. Um, maybe we all have in some aspect, but I mean, how many times, especially on Instagram, you come across these accounts and everything's perfect. Yeah. I can't stand those. I do not follow those accounts when, it, when I mean, everything is the same and beautiful and perfect. And I'm like, my life is not like that. And so, yeah, um, I had another disastrous uh, backpacking trip where it just seemed that everything was going wrong. And, but yeah, this beautiful shot came out of it. And I was like looking at that picture and thinking <laughs> I like, I was miserable that day. And so I, I just wanted to write a blog about, yeah, this picture is beautiful. And yeah, retrospect, I'm, I don't regret going on it on the trip, but it was a really rough, rough day. And yeah, you just have to learn how to adapt. And I think, um, that's why I'm really excited about the PCT because I feel like I, I am good at that. Like, you know, having these problems come up and then trying to solve. I'm an engineer yeah. for profession, so I solve problems. There you go. <laughs> uh, living. So I, I just think it's just another way to solve, like, you know, problem solve. But, yeah, that backpacking trip was just not enjoyable <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was very truthful and honest because you're right. Like, I mean, you could go on Instagram and if you don't, if you go on social media and you don't have that idea of like, hey, this is a part of people's lives, but this isn't everything, like you can kind of get the whole like kind of like jealous. Like I know for me, I'm I stayed at home with my daughters all summer and I'm yeah. in Colorado now. So the mountains are like right there. Yeah. And uh, but like I'd go on Instagram and I'd see like all the accounts that I follow, like people up in the mountains, people on top of a mountain. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm not doing enough in the mountains. But at the same time, like, they aren't up there all day, you know. And I get to hang out with two awesome little kids. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and and I get that. I appreciate when people try not to be depressing on social media. Yeah. So it's not because, <laughs> I mean, true. I want to post my beautiful photos of where I was at, too. But I think there's just this balance of, look, like, like things go wrong all the time and I just wish we talked about it more, you yeah. know, or yeah, I mean, it, and it, what we all love is different sometimes or we're at different places in our lives. Like you're, you're getting to, you know, create these special memories with your, your daughters. Like that's really awesome, you know, and we're all at these different places. And so I guess I just try to be real when I blog. So I wrote another blog about my friend who had to go to the hospital and, you know, it just happens. And, you know, some people will be like, how are you so stupid to let some of these things happen? But it's like, no, I backpacked a, you know, a good amount and it, it's still a learning less, you know, a lesson to be learned. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, and then anytime you're like something goes wrong like that, you're going to learn from it. And then the next time, you know, especially when you're preparing for something as big as the Pacific Crest Trail, right. like those are important experiences to have from the safety right. of like a place that's an hour away from your house or two hours, you know? Yeah, exactly. And most of the problems were from not other people, but just, you know, learning how to handle situations 
where other people were in danger or that one article you're talking about was like the dog, like yeah. got almost heat stroke or something, you know, those kinds of situations and just being more mindful in that sense as well. Yeah, so definitely, definitely. Well, do you have any other Pacific Crest books or, or blogs or anybody, you know, you could recommend? Um, well, I actually just read another PCT book. It's called Through Break uh, Through Hiking Will Break Your Heart. Okay. By Carrot Quinn. I don't know if you. Um, I haven't read that one. But um, the dog. The <laughs> no, dog. <it's> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Eating the carpet. <laughs> hey, man, that's what dogs do. <laughs> I know. Stop it. Anyway, but she wrote this book about her hiking the solo hiking the PCT in like 2013 or something. And uh, she had no backpacking experience, didn't do sports. He's just, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I love that though. Like I, I love the idea of like you go into a project and you're like, hey, I don't know anything, but I'm going to like throw myself in it and, you know, we'll see what I learned from there. Yeah. And so that book is incredible because she writes it in present tense and it's just like you're going along the trail with That's her. That's cool. Yeah. And, um, just same thing, like uh, just problems happen, right? She gets sick many times. She gets like tonsillitis and her tooth breaks. So she, there's multiple times she has to leave the trail to go to like a doctor and she gets, you know, diarrhea and I mean, runs out of food and water, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, same like the book Wild. Yeah. 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 You know, that was turned into a movie with Reese Witherspoon. You got Reese in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, just that kind of thing. Like, yeah, things are always going to go wrong. I mean, um, but those, so those kinds of books and resources, um, I like the technical books are good. Yeah. You want to be well informed on that. But I think it's also good to just read people's experiences, not to become fearful. Because sometimes you can read a technical book and you're like, I can't do that. There's you can no be way overwhelmed by information. Yeah. And are people, even if they're not trying to fear monger you, they can use fear mongering of like, you need to learn how to use it. Ice axe and this and this and this and this. And you, it can make us feel intimidated. Like, okay, well we can't do that. But then you have these people writing these books who have never done this in their life and they're doing all of it or some of it or whatever. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to get like paralysis by analysis where it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing what I want to be doing just because I'm trying to research way too much or becoming fearful. Like you said, um, the thing I have, my mantra has always been, uh, like, and I have it up in my classroom right now. So it says obstacles are expected and embraced. So it's like, Hey, you know, shit's going to happen, but I'm going to like learn from those experiences and, and become better. And I think, and that's what I was kind of going back to certain social media, like, or public figures who try to make it seem like everything's easy and it's just, and this is so beautiful in this. And it's like, let's talk about the obstacles because yeah. there has to be some, um, and how do we overcome that? How do we become better from that? And so, um, yeah, I think that, I think that's awesome. That's perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, good luck on the hike. And, you know, I don't know if you'll get service at some point, but we, it would be so cool if we could chat again, like when you're in the middle of the hike or something. I would love it. Yeah. That would be think, great. Yeah. People get service all the, you know, all the, the time throughout in little towns and everything. But all right, cool. Yeah. You'll yep. have to commit to stay because I'll be like, all right, I'm out of here. And then you'll be the reason. Like, remember, remember when you told me you weren't going to quit? That's so. true. So, yeah, I'll hold you accountable. So, like, yeah. when you're halfway through it, we'll we'll plan to reconnect. And that would be okay. – I'd love to hear stories because I want to hear about, like, all the crazy adventures and, and wacky yeah. people and all that stuff. So Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I know a lot more than I do now. <laughs> you will, so. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jennifer. This is awesome. And uh, yeah, good luck. And we'll be, oh, sorry. Talk about your blog real quick because I want to send oh. everybody there because it's really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm redoing my website right now, so I don't even know what's going on with it at the moment. But um, it's thewhimsicalwoman.com. And I also have like a Facebook page at The Whimsical Woman. Yeah. Um, and same with my Instagram. It's awesome. at The Whimsical Woman. So it's pretty easy. Um, yeah, but I'm just going to be... Not just the PCT, but yeah, I'm going to be blogging and videoing about how to how I'm preparing for the PCT, and then while I'm on the PCT, I'll be posting a ton of videos and blogs. That's where my main blog will be. 
That'd but I also awesome. travel. I travel a lot, and so I have some travel blogs and travel videos as well. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's great. It. Yeah, it's really funny, and like you said, you're really truthful and all that yeah. stuff. So it's great. So keep great. it up. Well, yeah. Thanks. It was really nice talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. That wraps up this week's edition of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for taking some time out and talking with me and geeking out about the Pacific Crest. And best of luck. Best of luck. You're going to do great. You're going to go through some hard times. You're going to go through some freaking awesome times. And yeah, I I just I'm so I'm so looking forward to hearing about those times in the future. So so yeah, definitely check back in with us. And uh, yeah, we'll be following your journey um, as you go. And to do that, you can check her out at her blog, www.thewhimsicalwoman.com. You can follow her on Facebook or Instagram at The Whimsical Woman. And yeah, definitely check that out, guys. I want to create, I want everyone listening to this podcast to become through hiking junkies, like loving the stories, loving the adventure, all that fun stuff. Cause it's, it's really, it's really like an entertaining, like no one comes out of a through hike without, some good stories so yeah we're looking forward to hearing those uh if you enjoyed this one like i said at the beginning of the podcast i would highly suggest number 27 with sean forey about the first ever winner through hike of the pct um yeah it's a it's a pretty crazy story there's a lot of it'll make you cold as you listen to it you will be cold (laughs) so yeah check that out and uh that's, that's all we're going for this week, guys. And uh, we'll come back at you next week. We will be talking with Thad Burkamper, who just conquered his very first uh, Spartan obstacle course race after a year of training and really like a big kind of disruptive uh, health obstacle six months out. So it's a really cool story. Uh, it's a really fun podcast, so I had a blast talking to with him. So, so check that out next week. And uh, yeah, guys, you all rock. So you rock so much. Just telling you, if you're listening to this, fist bump, fist bump over the podcast. <laughs> all right, talk to you later.